the second floor apartment tenants can look in and see what you're barbecuing and probably have a conversation with you. Welcome, my friend, to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And before we get into the show in today's episode, which I know you'll get a lot of value from because we're, we stay out of all the fluffy stuff and we get straight into the good stuff of real estate investing advice, I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, and that's Patch of Land. Uh, they are making this show possible and they're making tons of flipping projects possible all across the country. If you don't know about Patch of Land, then they are the number one company to go to for uh, projects that you're flipping uh, because they have all the money available right now. Um, once you get approved for your your deal and yourself as a sponsor or a borrower, um, you're going to be funded by them. And then they go raise the money through their crowdfunding platform. So you don't have to worry about all that. They'll take care of the, the money and the funding for you. You just have to worry about making sure your project's, project's a success. Uh, they've got something really cool for you. So um, if you are just learning about crowdfunding, uh, they've come up with a guide. It's called the Top 10 Crowdfunding Questions Guide. And they're all the, the questions that you might be asking yourself. And they're all the answers. They don't leave you hanging. They've got answers too. All the answers to those, those 10 crowdfunding questions. So you can go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Uh, and if you think you know everything about crowdfunding, I check this guide out just in case because there are some interesting aspects that you'll learn. So go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Best ever listeners, how's it going? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and we have a special segment for you today called Situation Saturday. And if you haven't joined us on a Situation Saturday before, we're going to put our best ever guests in a situation that we're likely to come across. And we want to learn from the situation. And they're going to be talking about it from firsthand experience, how they overcame this situation that we're going to put them in. And with us today, we've got a previous best ever guest who gave us his wonderful advice. And you know what? I should have checked out which episode you gave us your advice in. I'll have to Google it while, while you're talking and while I'm taking notes so I can close the loop on that. But we've got Andrew LeBaron. How are you doing, Andrew? Phenomenal. Thank you, Joe. Great to have you on the show. And side note is if for all of you loyal Best Ever listeners, you know that I was hiring a team member and Andrew is now officially on the Best Ever team. And whenever we, we were talking, he was talking to me about the situation that we're going to talk to. I was like, wow, we have got to have this on the show because this is going to be really valuable for the listeners. It's on a flip that he recently has been working on and hopefully is, is closing it out soon. So I'm really glad to have you on the show again, Andrew, and, and to partner with you in the background as well. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. So really quick, can you give the best ever listeners a quick background on your real estate experience just to give a little bit of context? Sure. Yeah, I got into it starting as an employee at a bank. I got really interested in mortgages. And once I saw people either defaulting on their mortgage or 
when I saw individuals that were purchasing multiple properties, I said, we can do that. There's got to be some money in there. And I spoke to a couple investors in my local area and found out I knew nothing. So two years down the road, here I am flipping homes. We I started bird dogging at first. And for those that don't understand, bird dogging is where I look for the deals and I send them over to the cash buyers and they give me a fee for what I found for them. And that's how I got started. All right. Well, in episode 302, you can hear his best real estate investing advice ever. And the title of that episode is The Key Things You Need to Know About FHA Loans. So go check that out. All right. Today, Situation Saturday. Talk about the situation that we're going to, uh, or you're going to explain to us and tell us how you handled it. Perfect. Will do. Interesting. On one of our flips, we currently have it in escrow right now, but we purchased it about five months ago. We got really googly-eyed thinking we were going to turn it around very quickly, but that wasn't the case. And a little bit of background behind this flip. We flipped three other homes in the same area. It's a subpar area in Phoenix. It's not great, but that's what we love. We love that niche. We can work in that niche very well because we have really good buyers that pick up these properties quickly. In this case, um, we were going to wholesale the property, which means we're going to purchase it wholesale and sell it retail. Anyways, we came upon this house because the resident in this home purchased another home we had, and we picked up this one, and we got really googly-eyed. We looked at the home. We saw the IKEA cabinets. We saw the Corning countertops, which, by the way, is really good for the area, just to give you a heads up if that kind of puts into perspective the area. I mean, it's not granite. This is not your mid-flip. This is a uh, you know, lower end, but... We picked it up for a pretty good price, and we do very little rehab to our homes. We like to buy them, not turnkey, but in need of cosmetics. So that includes paint, carpet, drywall. We can do drywall repair. We can do texture, some landscaping. So we pick them up pretty, pretty well, pretty low, and we also just do very little rehab to it. And in this case, the rehab was about five to seven thousand. wasn't that bad at all. And we were sitting on our haunches waiting and waiting and waiting for a buyer, but it, the buyer didn't come. I was out there marketing the home. I had it all on our email blast. We had it set up on our, we even had it on the MLS and Craigslist and Backpage and it just wasn't happening. We we got people in, people out, people in and out. We bought a home with a strange floor plan. You have to walk through a bedroom to get to the master bedroom. We weren't really concerned about that when we bought it. We just thought, hey, great price. This home had the funky layout or a previous home that you sold had the funky layout? We've sold a couple homes with the funky layout. Okay, but th- <laughs> but this this one did not? The one that that's the, that was the challenge that we're talking about? No, this one does as well. Oh, okay. This one does as well. Yes. Okay. So you initially see it, and it's got shiny objects from countertops to other things with inside that catch your eye. You've purchased and flipped, or you flipped homes in the same area, three of them. It's a subpar area. You said you got it for a good price. What was the price? We got it for eighty three. Got it for eighty three thousand. You put in five to seven. After repair value, yeah, the ARV on these homes, uh, one that we sold literally a block away for 145000 So we got real excited thinking, yes, this is going to be great. This is another one in the books. This shouldn't be any different than the one we sold for one forty-five. 
the square footage is actually bigger than the one we sold for 145. So you think price per square foot, we're going to make out well. Unfortunately, like you said, we got star-crossed eyes and we looked at the shiny objects and we didn't do all our due diligence. So it wasn't selling. People were walking in and out of it. What's the deal? How come that's the case? There's a couple reasons or why it didn't sell or why it's not selling, hopefully this time in escrow. But there's a couple oversights we failed to look at. Um, number one, it's on a street that's not great. There's a house next door. And for some reason, there's beer cans always overflowing out of that trash can. I don't know why. <laughs> I have stole his beer cans and put them in a different trash can just to make them not look like it's overflowing beer can, Bill. <laughs> um, I've tried to clean up some of the other yards around, but it, it, the street's not great. Another thing is just the layout of the home. When you walk in, you get into the living room directly to your left. There's a dividing wall with an opening to the kitchen. That's fine. But when you go further, you have to walk through another bedroom to get to the master. And at such a low price, I was thinking, this is great. We can look past that. That's not going to be an issue. We've sold a house with a crazy floor plan before. But it just didn't work in this case. People walk in, they say, hey, why do I have to walk through this door? (laughs) Why do I have to go through Jimmy's room to go, you know, to the restroom or to to the back bedroom? So there was that. It's uh, also kind of on a grade, a downgrade. It's at the top of a hill and the house is level, but it's kind of on a downgrade. So it it just if you're driving your car and you park it on the side of the street, you'd have to put the e-brake on every time. And the backyard, you honestly have apartment tenants across the street that can see straight into your backyard. So <laughs> the second floor apartment tenants can look in and see what you're barbecuing and probably have a conversation with you. <laughs> <laughs> so. Wow. All these things. You bought it for 83. What's it under contract for now? It's under contract for 120. Okay. 120K... You bought it for 83, put in seven, so you're in it for 90. How long have you had it? Uh, five months. Ah, wow. Okay. So, debt service on that's not happy. We're, we're on hard money as well. So, and when we round up a couple properties this way, it drains, but we did not think we were going to hold it this long. No one thinks they're going to hold it that long. No one plans to hold a property for longer than two to three months. If it's a serious rehab, maybe six, but in this case... We've held it way too long for what it is. What can you tell us about the people who have it under escrow? I mean, what's their background, their family, or sure. roommates? Sure. So um, I'll actually start before before I answer that. I'll just start about the other people in escrow. Uh, we had cash buyers in and out. We've had two families in and out of escrow. We probably have four or five people in escrow. This is the fifth person in escrow. This is a family, but they're cash buyers, interestingly enough. And and that's kind of rare. I don't really see a lot of families, you know, hey, that's a nice house. We'll pay cash for it. So they saw the value in it. I think they're a little bit more real estate savvy. I think one of them also does construction. So he saw the door that goes to another bedroom before you hit the master. And he said, oh, that's no problem. This is a load bearing wall. But if I just reinforce it here and get my buddy architect you know, over, he can tell me where I can put a hole and then I can just move the door over down this mm. way. Yeah. So he, he's, it sounds like he's pretty savvy. He knows what he's doing. And I think that would be the only type of buyer that would buy this house other than that, or just a, I don't know, just a family that wants to get into their first property. When a best ever listener comes across 
an opportunity, like a house to flip or wholesale, as you described, which buy it wholesale and then just sell retail. What should they keep in mind when they're looking at the property? Great question. If they're wanting to wholesale, remember the last four letters, T-A-I-L, is short for retail. So if you're selling to retail, you need to know your buyer. If you're selling retail to a buyer that would pay for retail, it is not an investor. Okay. So if you're going to wholesale a house, make sure that your buyer most of the time is someone who's willing to pay retail value. And if that's the case, it's going to be someone who wants a nice street. It's going to be someone who wants a home already done, maybe turnkey. It's going to be someone who wants easy, simple floor plan that doesn't need to be altered or adjusted. It's going to be someone who doesn't want to share what they're cooking on Friday night in their (laughs) barbecue with the tenants next door. Okay. That's what I would tell someone, an investor who's looking to wholesale a property, make sure it's something that the general populace would want to buy. And with this, obviously the, the purchaser, assuming that the contract happens and escrow closes, is someone who's in the real estate industry. And would you consider this a wholesale or a flip? You know, I would say I would say it's a hotel because we purchased it at a hotel price and we didn't really do a lot to it. It was just cleaning up. I know I said five to seven, but, you know, if you want to call it a small flip, you could. It's really on that borderline. We just like to really clean things up really well. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of adjusting we needed to do. We just liked it as it is. And we didn't want to dump a ton of money into moving walls and doors and rooms and raising the fence in the backyard 20 feet high so that the second floor apartments can't see inside. So I'd say it's on that borderline. Maybe you could call it a small flip, but I, I like to call it a hotel. If you had to do it over again, but you are at the stage in the process where you've just completed the $7,000 renovation and now you've got to market it, what would you do differently? Oh man, that's a great question. I would stop what I'm doing and say, hey, it's worth it to put in another five grand into moving that door. Let's just move that door so we don't have to walk through. And that's a valuation that's probably really off. It might it might take a little bit more than that, but let's move the door, move the wall over the opening so it doesn't it can bypass the bedroom so you can go straight to the master. I would just put the money in now, make it 13 grand and then sell it for we started at 145, honestly. Mm-hmm. Sell it for 130, 135, you know. But that's what I would have done. I would have made up for what we put into it at the beginning and we would have had so many buyers interested if they didn't have to walk through that silly room to get to the back bedroom. Well, I think the lesson here is there's a couple, but one of them is to know your end buyer and then also take a self-assessment of the property and what your team's looking at and determine what are your weak parts of the deal and then see, okay, with the weak parts, what can I do? Can I, or what should I do? What makes the most sense? Should I put some money into it? It'll sell faster and I know it'll cost me some money out of pocket, but will it be worth it? So just doing a, a cost-benefit analysis of the improvements. I couldn't agree more. No, no, dead on. You know, with this property and with the seller or with the ultimate buyer, let's assume that you didn't put in that money, that, that 5K for that house. Would you have gone to, say, a, a real estate meetup? 
and started targeting, knowing that the investor, an investor type of person, and purchased it. Would you go to a real estate meetup and, and talk to them about the opportunity, or would you specifically target those types of individuals if you didn't do the door improvement? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a great. I should have said that too. That would have been great. We we have Azria here. That that could have been a solution. I know there's a lot of people at Azria or our local RIAs that are pro at wholetailing and they could have given me advice or they could have just picked it up from me and sold it to one of their families or their buyers or their investors. It's something that I, I did use the phone. I called <laughs> I 10X'd the phone. I called 500 people a week trying <laughs> to get this thing sold. Who were you calling? How how'd you get 500 phone numbers? Uh, <laughs> well, that was a big number, but I would call, I'd look up people on my investor network, whether they're California based or Phoenix based. And I would just call, tell them the situation, tell them what they could do, tell them my struggle, ask for advice or offer the property. I'd also call people on Craigslist that are always on Craigslist. I use the keywords a little bit differently, negative and positive keywords, where I can find some of the same posters every day. So I know they're doing tons of deals and I contact them and say, hey, I'll give you a discount. Or I'd also call real estate agents and say, I'll make your buyer's bonus a little bit sweeter. Okay. Interesting. So, uh, that's a really good way to, uh, we sold homes that way. Say, hey, we'll throw in a bonus for the agent and they're more motivated to sell that house. Andrew, this has been a wonderful situation Saturday of not judging a house by its, by its shiny objects <laughs> and, and really looking at um, who your end buyer is and then determining what your deficiencies are for that end buyer and then making an assessment of if you should put some money in and, and address those deficiencies to get it sold faster and for about the amount that you want. So thanks so much for being on the show. And I'm very excited to partner with you on the best ever show. So for all of you best ever listeners, Andrew's going to be the one who is doing the guest research and coordination. So he'll be the one to thank as we continue to grow the community of the best ever listeners and and bring on even more exciting best ever guests and he's already landed a couple that are going to be phenomenal and you've definitely heard of so thanks so much for being on the show and you and i will definitely be talking soon (laughs) thanks joe we'll talk to you soon crowdfunding you've heard about it now it's time for you to learn about it Our best ever sponsor today, Patch of Land, they're the leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to all of your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, do you remember Danny Johnson from Lead Propeller? Uh, I interviewed him on episode 294. If you haven't listened to it or if you're you're uh, having a hard time recalling what that episode was, definitely go check it out because it was a great episode on house flipping and then kind of establishing yourself as a credible buyer whenever you're speaking to sellers and why that's important. And one of the things that Danny does is through his house flipping business, he's developed uh, a website a template or templates uh, that he uses to generate thousands of leads for his own business. And he's like, this makes a lot of sense to share with others uh, and build another business around it. So he's got a company called Lead Propeller, 
L-E-A-D-P-R-O-P-E-L-L-E-R. And they're clean, simple-to-use modern websites uh, that he uses uh, for his company when he flips. And he's also got different templates to choose from if you're not a flipper and perhaps you're a buy and hold or you rent out properties or you wholesale or even if you buy land. He's got templates for all of that. And he's giving uh, the best of our listeners a special discount, 75% off the first month when you enter in best ever, B-E-S-T. E-V-E-R, uh, on his website whenever you um, whenever you order. So uh, go ahead and check it out. Lead Propeller, L-E-A-D-P-R-O-P-E-L-L-E-R.com and put in best ever and grab your 75% off discount for the first month. 